But such love and hope can only come about if we first confront the poisonous history that has almost unmade our nation and undone our social compact. We must face up to what we as a country have made of the black people who have been the linchpin of democracy, the folk who saved America from itself, who redeemed it from the hypocrisy of proclaiming liberty and justice for all while denying all that liberty and justice should be to us. Yes, I said us. This is where I take leave of my analytical neutrality, or at least the appearance of it. This is where I cast my fate with the black people who birthed and loved me, who built a legacy of excellence and struggle and pride amidst one of the most vicious assaults on humanity in recorded history. That assault may have started with slavery, but it didn't end there. The legacy of that assault, its lingering and lethal effect, continues to this day. It flares in broken homes and blighted communities, in low wages and social chaos, in self-destruction and self-hate too. But so much of what ails us, black people that is, is tied up with what ails you, white folk that is. We are tied together in what Martin Luther King Jr. called a single garment of destiny. Yet sold into that garment are pockets of misery and suffering that seem to be filled with a disproportionate number of black people. Of course, America is far from simply black and white by whatever definition you use, but the black-white divide has been the major artery through which the meaning of race has flowed throughout the body politic. Now, just because I identify with my people doesn't mean that I don't understand and grapple with what it means to be white in America. In fact, I was trained in your schools, and I now teach your children. But I remain what I was when I started my vocation— my pilgrimage of self-discovery, a black preacher. It is for that reason that I don't want to, really I can't afford to, give up on the possibility that white America can definitively, finally, hear from one black American preacher a plea, a cry, a sermon from my heart to yours. If you're interested in my social analysis and my scholarly reflections on race, I've written plenty of other books for you to read. I tried to make this book one of them, but in the end I couldn't. I kept coming up short. I kept deleting words from the screen, a lot of them, enough of them to drive me to despair that I'd ever finish. I was stopped cold. I was trying to make the message fit the form when it was the form itself that was the problem. What I need to say can only be said as a sermon. I have no shame in that confession because confession and repentance and redemption play a huge role in how we can make it through the long night of despair to the bright day of hope. Sermons are tough, not only to deliver, but just as often to hear. Yet in my experience, if we stick with the sermon, through its pitiless recall of our sin, its relentless indictment of our flaws, we can make it to the uplifting expressions and redeeming practices that make our faith flow from the pulpit to the public, from darkness to light. There is a long tradition of a kind of sermon, or what some call the Jeremiad, an extended lamentation about the woes we face, about the woes we embody, a mournful catalog of complaint, the blues on page or stage. Henry David Thoreau was a friend to the form. So was Martin Luther King, Jr. Instead of blasting the nation from outside the parameters of its moral vision, the Jeremiad, named after the biblical prophet Jeremiah, comes calling from within. 
It calls us to reclaim our more glorious features from the past. It calls us to relinquish our hold on, really to set ourselves free from, the dissembling incarnation of our faith, our country, and democracy itself that thwart the vision that set us on our way. To repair the breach by announcing it first, and then saying what must be done to move forward. I offer this sermon to you, my dear white friends, my beloved comrades of faith and country. My sermon to you is cast in the form of a church service. I adopt the voices of the worship and prayer leader, the choir director, the reader of scripture, the giver of testimony, the preacher of the homily, the bestower of benediction, and the exhorter to service, and the collector of the offering plate. I do so in the interest of healing our nation through honest, often blunt talk. It will make you squirm in your seat with discomfort before hopefully...